Right, so welcome to podcast 236 of Five Star Potential, your weekly football manager podcast. Yes, that's right. I'm Dupe, and on this week's pod, I am joined by Mad, and just Mad, which is probably why I'm doing the hosting. Good evening, Mad. How are you, sir? I'm, even when there's only two of us, I still don't get the hosting gig. How, how has this happened? Tell me. What did you do? To be fair, if, I, if I'm if i hosting, that means there's no quiz. Uh, on this week's pod, <laughs> we will be hearing an update from Mad with Northern Boys uh, before we move on to this week's spotlight where we focus on defensive midfielder roles and we analyse and debate on which we think the most effective in football manager is. And reluctantly, we do have a one-to-one special defensive midfielder theme quiz from Paddles on me. So to see if I know my things about DMs. So... Without further ado, take us away and take us to Newcastle. Before we go to Newcastle, you like this is a, I was going to say this is a save that you can't lose. Sorry, a quiz that you can't lose, but you, you might. So <laughs> just just want to keep your confidence high for later. Okay, just keep that in mind. <laughs> okay, I'm taking notes, so it's fine. Excellent, and just want to also say thank you for spending Valentine's with me today, Dupe. It's very nice of you, just the two of us. So really having a good time. I'm um, a little right. uncomfortable that you're not wearing any clothes, but that's fine. Carry it's on. Fine. No video pod this week. Um, right, let's have an update on Northern Boys. I think I gave an update about two weeks ago. Um, I gave quite an update. Uh, you may remember, Dupe, uh, because I never forget that we ha- had got relegated in season four um, and we were in the championship in season five. On a positive note, we had fully completed the, the mission to transition the club to Northeast only, players and staff. So we are starting season five with a completely Northeast only um player and staff kind of squad everyone everyone except for me because I'm I'm the Irish chief just hanging around hypocrite much um obviously the negative point we're in the championship but look it makes it makes it interesting I guess I think the squad you know as it stands not strong enough for the Premier League clearly because we got fucking relegated um so I'm going to tell you about I'm going to remind you about season five because currently as it's as we speak now I'm in season six uh, I think I may have touched on it before but season five was going really well um and it it was going really well all the way pretty much until I guess the last 10, 12 games of the season. I mean, you want to talk about bottle jobs, dupe. Um, this, this was bottle job meets FM fucking lunacy. Like this is F- FM choosing violence, basically. Everything that could have went wrong has went wrong. And I probably sound like I say this a lot, but, th- you know, we talked about this on stream and I've been playing this game a long time. The amount of time. So first of all, fucking late goals. Right, um, and I think I mentioned this before, but I, the reason it's fresh in my mind is I was typing up a blog post today and I'm going to release it, but in, within the last five games, I was just writing it down today, we conceded an equaliser in the 89th minute, we conceded in the 93rd minute, um, and on the last day of the season we were playing Luton to try and get a place in the playoffs. We were 3-1 up on 80 minutes, I think I talked about this the last time as well, and uh, they got one back and then they equalised on 93 minutes. That fucked us out of the playoff spots. So like, as I was writing about it more and more today, I was like, I still can't believe that shit happened. Um, so uh, it, it took a while to get over that because basically I was thinking, right, this team is pretty strong. We've got some good players here. We're going to bounce back. We didn't. So season six has gone straight back into the championship again. Um, and it started fucking brilliantly. I mean, I mean, like it, it, like we didn't even bolster the squad. We have the same squad, you know, a couple of players just obviously coming on in age and we've been doing a lot of development. It started like a fucking house on fire. Within the first night, no, we won the first seven or eight in a row in the league. And uh, I was like, this is fucking bananas. 
And Sorry, I'm just, just counting started, the fucks. Just, I'm just counting to... the fucks. You're on seven, Matt. Seven fucks. <laughs> You're very angry. I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you why. Because we've won seven games in a row, if not eight. Um, and by the time we're like 12 games in, I'm top of the league and we're having a great time. And, you know, you can feel the emotion here. What we're, you know, we're going through emotional roller coasters here. And then we, I went live the last day. Everything was rosy. We're in such good form. And then we played like four or five games, 1-1, one, one, didn't win anymore, then went live again a couple of days ago, 1-1 one, one game, lost three, and suddenly we're back down in fifth or sixth, and suddenly it's very much deja vu. Um, so as it stands, just just kind of around Christmas, if not January, and I, I'm back down in those playoff spots, and I'm not going to lie, I'm a little bit worried again, um, considering we were top of the league, Like, and I mean, you know when you get to that point, you're like, we were winning every game, we literally won the first... Um, seven games in a row, unbeaten in nine. Adam Armstrong is he's doing the Al- Alexander Mitrovic, Mitrovic this year, as in like he's smashing the championship again. And then suddenly he just stops scoring for a couple of games. We lose a couple of games, draw a couple of games. And you know I talked about other things going against us. Every other team is winning. So even even yesterday, I looked at the the five teams around us. So we were in sixth going into the last game, I think, on the stream. The other five teams all won their games. And we fucking, I think we drew at the end. Another, There's another one. Uh, yeah, I haven't been writing these down, so we're not going to be bloop, blooping these. I just won't say the other words. <laughs> and um, I'm tempted to. So that's where we are, really. Um, as I said, what's worrying me now is um, if we're, you know, we're going into January, other teams may strengthen. Our challenge still is that of all the Northern boys that are currently available, um, We've, we kind of have them and, and the ones that are interested, particularly for a championship team. So there isn't much available. We're in that kind of limbo in between point where some of our new gens are really good, but they're like 16, 17, not really ready. Um, and same with some of the other ones at other clubs. So it's a little bit concerning because we don't have much options to bolster in January, um, while obviously the other teams do. Any bit of an injury crisis and I'm... I'm rightly in trouble. I was going to say proper fucked, but then I thought you'd have to take off your shoes and socks to keep counting. <laughs> and um, that that's a little bit concerning. We did look at one player yesterday. Um, he's the son of Lee Clark. If you remember Lee Clark, he played for Newcastle back in the 90s. Matt, Matt would be loving this. Um, not that he was an amazing player or anything. Um, so he played for Newcastle back in the 90s. And um, he's, he's basically a local lad, but he moved down to London. He joined Fulham and he had a kid. Um, and his kid's name is Bobby Clark. Now, he um, is on the books at Liverpool IRL as we speak. I think he's 16, 17. Um, so we were actually doing some research on the stream. We were, we were basically doing some um, some glorified, I don't know, private investigator work, trying to find out. Because what we could see was he, he was born in 2000, uh, I want to say 2005. Um, same year as Dave, I think. And um, he, I, I'm pretty sure that the Lee Clark spent a season in Fulham and then he's gone back to Newcastle for a year. And after that, he went on to Huddersfield and Birmingham. So what we were doing on stream yesterday, and I had, I had Shrinaldo on the case, no better man to find, uh, to find out that's information. Well in the world. Yeah. Uh, that's not what you normally say about Shrinaldo Dupin, you know it. Um, so we, we established that he, we could see the school he went to was in the Northeast because he was playing football there. Then he was on the books at a, I think it was um, Little Benton, which is a Northeast club. So long story short, we've deemed him to be a northern boy. Um, now, by the time we've doesn't done that... Sit well with me, it, that it, doesn't sit well with me, man. That doesn't sit well with me. Now, dupe, born slash raised in the northeast. 
Where where was he actually born? He Mad. was a- okay. Okay, he was actually what hospital born. Hospital was it born? I don't know what hospital he was born. I need to ask Ronaldo what hospital he was born in. Um, he was actually born in London, but he then moved to Newcastle. He was like probably one year old, and he's and he's been you know he's grown up there. So um, as far as I'm concerned, I'm I'm on board with that. And uh, now the funny thing is two things. Number one, because so many seasons have passed, we're in 2026. 20, he's probably not um, developed as quickly as he would have, you know, like at a human manager club in FM because he's at an AI, even though it's Liverpool. Um, uh, so I, I think he's, pro- he's not amazing or anything like that, but it's an option. The second thing is he was on loan at Walsall and I've actually um, had to report a bug over this, which is interesting. Um, but uh, I think it's just a really small thing. He's on loan at Walsall and it actually led me to a feature I'd never seen before. So maybe you have. He When I when I went to, to kind of investigate and see maybe we can make a bid or see if he's interested, it offered us the option to take over his existing loan deal. Have you ever seen that on FM? Yeah, yeah. yeah um, okay. I mean, I've seen it grayed out a lot. Um, I've never done it, but I've seen it. I've seen the ability to do it. Where was he playing at? So he was still, with, st- still with uh, Walsall? Walsall? Where? where, where? Wal- <laughs> do I have to put on my best okay. English accent? No, no, no. It's Walsall. just it's just, it's just, just nice to hear someone else struggle with words. That's all. Can you say it for me and I'll know what I'm supposed to say? Warsaw. Warsaw. That's in Poland. Yeah. Warsaw. Yeah, it's Warsaw. This is like the, <laughs> this is like a Sunderland fucking fiasco all over again. <laughs> I need, go, to go go on, I need to go on an Irish football manager podcast. Um, go on. So, yeah, we basically, I'd never seen this before. So I said, we'll give it a go. We've hit the hit the button and basically it just pops up a dialogue box. Are you sure? And you say yes. And then what's happened is a day passes and then Liverpool have come back and they've said, oh, we're rejecting your request for a loan because um, it's not specifying to him to play in a specific position that they want him to. But I was never given the chance to actually choose it now when you go back in if you want to go in and make a regular deal the loan uh, you know where you have transfer and loan at the top the two little tabs loan is yeah. grayed out because he's already on loan so I have no yeah. actual way to tell Liverpool where I'll play him if you know I, I don't know how to tell them what they want to hear um, I think it is a bit of a bug so I actually took a couple of screenshots and uh, and uploaded it yesterday onto the forums but number one I hadn't seen that option before which is cool and uh, number two kind of didn't work unfortunately um, yeah and it, it, might, it may not make a difference because I don't know if he's really that good, but I just feel like we need to bring in some fresh legs or a fresh, some fresh blood into the team um, so that the game can see at least I'm fucking trying, right? That's another one. I guess um, I guess you're taking over, you take over the exact same deal he's got in place already. So if he's in, if he's got in place already that uh, there's not a, a certain position that he's going to play, then you're just taking over from that. So I guess that's why. Maybe they've changed their mind and go, actually, I want to know exactly where you're going to be playing him. But yeah, yeah. I can say. It would just be nice to be able to tell them. <laughs> so um, we Yeah, if it gives you the so. option to take over, you should be able to kind of adjust slightly. One thing you you said right at the start, and I want to talk to you just quickly about it, uh, is conceding these late goals. What What's happening? Um, are you doing something in training? You, your player's tired, the fatigue? Uh, are they just switching off? You know, is it just... Bad concentration, bad manager. Uh, it's what probably all, all of the above, but things that apply to me. Me making bad decisions, me having bad stamina, me having fatigue. Hey, um, what you and your missus do, I don't want to know. Hey, Valentine's Day is what it is. Once a True. year, once a year, Div. Um, I guess what I, I, look, you mentioned stamina there and fatigue. 
the championship is 46 games to play, right? Um, yeah, and yeah. even ye- yesterday, I was talking about it. I had a game on a Saturday and a game on a Monday, um, <sighs> which is bananas. And like, we were talking about it. Do we see this? And somebody put in the chat, um, like that West Ham, I think, in, over the Christmas had to do something similar. It was like a Sunday and a Tuesday. But I'm kind of like, that's because of a pandemic, right? They've had games postponed and they got to get them done. This is 2026 in Football Manager. There's not, you know, there shouldn't really be any reason for that. It's not like I'm kind of hanging around cup quarterfinals or anything or semifinals. Uh, it's, it doesn't really make sense. So I'm not best pleased with the amount of games and the proximity between games because what I end up having to do is I have to put rest, rest um, training schedules in, you know, in between games that have like two days, three days because I can't play players back to back. They just, they just can't hack it. So I think We're that's not, a huge problem. You're in a uh, you're in a World Cup, yeah, right? It's not in a strange place. It's not. Uh, I'm at the end of 2026, so the World Cup has been it's been and gone. It's, it's already gone. So that, yeah. it wasn't a later World Cup. Like, nothing no, like no, that's happened. No, no. Um, I don't but know. It, it, it's been a it, it was a theme of the season before as well, where we'd have a game and you know like two days, so there would be a game on a on a Thursday, and then you'll have Friday and Saturday, and then a game on a Sunday. But you end up having to just rest, um, and you can only really do like match tactics and stuff so this is fuck all true oh I've, I've said it again too there is that seriously I reckon you're going to break your record tonight <laughs> do you know what it is I haven't had a beer no, <laughs> this, it's because it's Valentine's this... Day and you got fuck on the mind right <laughs> that's I what don't... it is well now that you mentioned it um, no let's keep that for the day <laughs> yeah. well uh, it sounds yeah. it sounds like you're having a great time still um, we've seen a lot of um, a lot of people talking about it online as well um, on Twitter and I think Jace is doing a very similar one up in Scotland or Decanio one of my mods so you've you've inspired plenty so that must be quite a nice feeling to think as well I feel like I've inspired plenty to encounter some of the m- misfortune I have maybe I mean no to be honest I, I'm still really enjoying it like this the, the idea was long term most of my saves I try to make them as long term as possible kind of like yourself um, but again we, we've brushed with getting the sack a few times um, I feel like if we don't, if we don't get promoted this season, or if we at least don't make the playoffs again, which would be a disaster, then I'm, I'm definitely, I definitely don't think I would see season seven. Um, but if we can get promoted again, it brings a bit of life back on the table. There's a 36 year old Jordan Henderson coming to the end of his contract. He's, he's a Northern boy. Um, Pickford's up there hanging around and, you know, so th- there's still plenty to do. Um, and as I mentioned already, we do have some very good new gens coming through. And one thing we forgot to mention uh, the last day, uh, two weeks ago, I think I gave a save update here. We had a very good new gen come through the ranks. Um, he was 15 year old, actually Irish, from a lovely place called Mayo in the west of Ireland here, not too far from where I live. Um, and not only was he you know, quite a good striker for 15 um, in terms of like composure, technique, finishing and all that. His name was Willie Power. So, I mean... You know, Valentine's Day too. <laughs> very fitting. Um, or very fitting. Maybe indeed. not so fitting. Yeah. In, <laughs> depending on depending on how you, we won't go into the physicals of the nature anyway. Um, so we've actually been. Uh, he, he's been. A, he, he's created a bit of fun, obviously, with the name and everything like that. But he's actually quite good. Um, so we're putting a lot of investment to to trying to help him rise through the rat. No, we won't go there. Um, to basically develop as a as a striker as a centre forward. We said we'll give him some cup time in the Carabao. He scored four yep. goals in two games in the Carabao Cup this season. Um, nice. two, ag- two against Burton Albion and two against Forest. Um, 
So basically every time he scores, it's just like, will he power? Yeah, you know, so um, having a good time with well, that. Um, so we do have some good new gens that we're hoping kind of will will be the, the top players in the save because obviously, you know, we're going to get to a point where the guys we know are, are kind of getting on and, and we've missed the boat. Um, so that's what I'm looking forward to as well. We've got very good youth facilities and recruitment and all that. So fingers crossed. Well, just look after him and don't shaft him. <laughs> okay, so moving swiftly on, Matt. Did thank that, you very did much. Did that come from your Valentine's Day card? No, no, okay, never mind. Thank you for letting us uh, into the world of Northern boys. To, uh, we're going to jump onto the spotlight. And as we said, the focus is on defensive midfielders. Um, we've got a couple that we want to discuss today, Matt. Uh, defensive midfielder roles, all winning midfielder versus anchor versus halfback. Kind of, we're going to outline which is which, good attributes, the traits, the PPMs. We talk about which ones we prefer to use, the benefits, the downfalls, all of the jazz. So, I think the first thing we'll do is we'll talk all about ball winning midfielders. We'll break each one down, and then we'll let a, we'll let the world know how we like to play. So, ball winning midfielder, take us away, Matt. Because actually, you spoke quite a lot there, didn't you? Um, so <laughs> I'll, I'll help Let's you out a little around. bit with yeah, this one. Yeah. Let's switch it around. I'll interview. I'll interview you, Duke. Duke, <laughs> how, are you, how are you doing today? Tell us. Tell us your thoughts on the ball winning midfielder, Duke. I like the ball winning midfielder. Um, very much uh, a position that can play in that defensive role as well, and also in the main midfield kind of rank as well. Uh, his main focus really pretty much says it on the tin, right? He's there to win the ball back. Um, I wouldn't expect the guy to be able to ping a ball. I wouldn't expect him to be able to find those Hollywood passes, uh, diagonal 90 yarders. All I want from a ball winning midfielder is to win the ball back and pass it to our more technically gifted players. Um, very much old fashioned players, I'd say. Um, a very good ball winning midfielder I've used in the streamer showdown before was Jonathan Hogg of um, Huddersfield fame. Random, uh, but okay. Uh, it's championship football. Um, <laughs> you know, it's not all about the, the big leagues. Um, Wilfred Ndidi, very good ball winning midfielder. Uh, I'm trying to think of others right now. Um, do you play them? So do, when you're playing a ball, when you, you use one now, do you? Did you say you use one currently in your say? Uh, yes, I currently use one, um, but I don't use it in... So well, yes, I use it. I use a ball winner, and he varies whether he plays in the DM position or the sentiment. That's position. what I was. That's what I was going to ask. Yeah, exactly. Because I'm I'm playing one now, um, using Sean Longstaff, first yes. name on the team sheet because you know he's actually just really good all rounder as a as a as a midfielder. Okay. What I found now, I'm starting to kind of think about it a lot more because traditionally, I've always loved a defensive midfielder. I've written about it in the past. Fucking Roy Keane. What more do you need? Um, yep. The idea of that kind of you know, crunch tackle, winning the ball, fucking breaking down play. Um, the fuck? What I found is when you have a ball winning midfielder, particularly sitting in that DM strat, in that DM, play, you know, um, position between yeah. the, de the defenders and the midfielders, I just can't stop those players getting booked and or sent off. So that's why I was curious to see if you were seeing the same thing. No. No, I don't. Um, And I don't know... I can. This is different. I'm playing. I'm playing when I play my ball winner. Um, I am playing more of an attacking system. So he's probably he's the only one that in my midfield that is defensive. So I guess he's probably a little bit more vulnerable at times. However, I wonder whether it's just a higher grade of player that I have compared to compared to yours, um, as I have the whole of the world to pick from, and you only have the northeast. Um, 
I don't see it that often, but I, I get exactly get what you. I do get what you mean. Somebody like Scott McTominay today. Um, oh, this is Inception, as we said. It was Valentine's Day. Uh, Manchester oh. United played Leeds IRL today. Um, McTominay very much played that ball winner ball winner role today. Uh, he had Pogba and Bruno in front of him, and he probably could have got sent off three times today. And it's just luck on the jaw that he never got sent off three times today. Um, but I think I would. I mean, I would probably go for somebody to try and improve that. I'd look for somebody that's potentially got a higher tackling attribute. If they have a better tackling attribute, they're probably less likely to foul. Um, good decision-making as well. Uh, they'll know when they can get there or cannot get there. Um, and also, I guess, uh, also kind of talking about strength, no, sorry, uh, pace as well. There'd be. I always find... You always find, especially players that have a bit of pace, they can make a mistake, but they can kind of rectify it. And I always think that if if I'm going to try and win a tackle, if I've got a bit more pace, I can get round the player and get in. Uh, the one thing I like about the ball winner, we talked about instructions and PIs, etc., is that they do like to take fewer risks. So they are very much trying to try and not to get sent off for your man. Do you have tackle harder on? I usually don't, to be honest. We do when we're oh. um, we do when we're playing against Sunderland in the derby, but um, I, <laughs> do I wouldn't you? have it. I wouldn't have it as a as a team setting. Um, but I, I do know. Like, I mean, obviously, the nature of the role is the tackles are coming in that role. There's no there's no stay on feet. There's no um, ease off or tackle less or whatever for that role. No. Um, but I think you've kind of mentioned there a little bit around like decision making and tackling ability. Yeah, I'm sure that comes into play. I'm not blessed with options for DM. I do have, as I said, I have Sean Longstaff there. Probably not his natural role. I think he's more of a box-to-box. Um, plays it very well, but does get booked a lot. And, you know, I've I've had suspensions for him quite a bit. Maybe not as many red cards, but consistent um, yellow cards. And because I'm playing a 4-4-2, I kind of don't, you know, if I don't have a ball-winning midfielder in there, I feel like we're quite exposed because my defenders wouldn't be great. So if yeah. I was to go like, I don't know, what can you do? DLP on defend, CM on defend. I feel like we're just leaving the gate slightly open there to, for, for other midfields to get through, especially when there's a three-man midfield coming against you. So it's a bit of a catch-22. You know, you either play it and, and take the risk. Um, you know, even if they take fewer risk, it's still a risk as a manager to use it. Um, or don't play it, but then you're kind of like maybe leaving gaps. And that's what I'm afraid of. Oh, the only reason I mentioned tackle harder is as a... PI permanently on a ball winner is that they do have tackle harder on. Mm. I'm assuming you're aware of that, right? Yeah. So whether you have tackle harder on your TIs doesn't matter. Your your the PI is going to overtake that, and mm. they're still going to try and crunch a tackle. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess their technicals just need to be better, and you'd hope that that way that would kind of outweigh the fact that they're just going to hack hack through people all the time, right? I mean, it's but not I think, like as somebody who's played this role before. I'm not a big but I'm not a big guy or a fast guy, which means slide sliding tackles are my are my go to dupe on a on a on a wet night in uh, the west of Ireland. That, that's that's what I'm that's what's happening with me. So I'm not against you know getting in a strong tackle and all that, but I think the frequency. I think every challenge, every I, I was looking at the description of the role and it's it's all about closing down the opposition, win that ball at all cost. So I think every challenge is going to be a fairly tough challenge, um, and you're already already running the risk. So. Maybe it's just unavoidable and all you can do is, you know, back to your points, try to maximise or minimise the risk, maximise the ability of the player looking at those decision-making, 
balancing aggression with decision making, I guess. We talked about intelligence before. Um, maybe not all ball midfielders are as, as intelligent as we'd like them to. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably where I have a bit of a gap there. One thing I would never do with a ball winner um, is man mark. I'd never mm. get my ball winner to man mark somebody. The aim for them to, for their, the, what they do is they have the freedom and the movement to try and win the ball back. They chase the, the ball. Uh, so it does leave a lot of space in behind them, which then could cause potential issues. But their main focus, like we said, is winning that ball back. Unlike the anchor man. See what I did there. Uh, so the anchor man, uh, we we often refer to the anchor man, and in the the actual description, it's it's the water carrier. The anchor man's main duty is to sit in the holes between the the, the midfield and the defence. So you know what I mean? He the move is very much a me position, just to sit still <laughs> and basically intercept the part at uh, the ball, will it back, and then just give it to someone that can do something special. Um, as long as he again, stays on his two feet as well, do <laughs> pass uh, again. Uh, a, a role that likes to take fewer risks. Um, probably key attributes are probably less. We don't need to worry about the agility, the pace, the 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 um, the the, the uh, what was I going to try and say? The acceleration. We're more looking at the probably the, the concentration, the decision making, the composure for him to try and read the ball, and that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to win the ball back without making a tackle. Right. Let me put it this way: What do you think is the biggest difference or differences between? Anchorman and baller winner midfielder because they both probably are intended to sit in that that DM strata right in 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 that area of the field. Where would you see the biggest difference deploying an anchorman than a ball winning midfielder? The, the anchor for me, the anchor sits a lot deeper. He sits okay. just in front of your defence. Uh, for me, he waits for the ball to come to him, whereas the ball winner goes and gets the ball. Right, that's the way that I read it. Um, I find that you an, an anchorman's good to kind of. Just protect that back four. Whereas I think sometimes a ball winner can drift off out of the space, out of the out of his kind of channel, so to speak, mm. which then could cause a lot of uh, balls over the top or balls to get in behind. Um, so I, for me, an anchor man's a bit more sturdy. He's a bit more I, reliable. Yeah. I know what you mean, and I think you know you talked about some of the the attributes and the particularly on those mentals as well. He, he owns probably the zone. Um, yes. you know, as opposed to the the more aggressive, frantic kind of like I'm going to find that ball wherever it is, uh, and and not let them come through. He'll wait till he'll wait till they bring it on. Um, I've used it before. I think it's a maybe FM twenty. I was using a an anchorman, and I actually wrote a little because um, because I was enjoying the role and I was I was testing out anchorman halfback, and I wrote a little piece for the byline um, on it, and I was doing a few a little bit of testing, but. The guy I found to be a perfect anchorman was um, Javier Martinez. He's Bayern Munich. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I think basically, I mean, it's it's his natural role in game. Um, and I think where, where it stands out, like uh, positioning 16, anticipation 17, um, decisions, I think 16. And that, this is this is back whenever it was, two seasons ago. He's obviously aged a bit since then. I think he was about 30 at the time. Um but it was it was a lot. It was more so about those me- that those mentals than than the the technicals or the defensive technicals, right? The the tackling, the marking, the you know that kind of stuff. Even even like the strength and and the, the physicals. So maybe that's a, a slightly bigger difference, um, and that's why I think Javier Martinez stood out at the time because he is quite strong in that area. Um, yeah, it's it's. I think I've not tried it this year, and you're tempting me. Um, but it would mean I'd have to make some decisions about my. My four four two with my flat four in midfield. 
Yeah, I mean, one. that's the one downside with the anchor. Unlike the ball winner, you can't play it on that first line of midfield, the second line of midfield, or the mid midfield line, if that mm, makes sense. Mm. Um, the one thing I like about the anchor man is it's the Mr. Reliable. He's going to hold position where he's going to sit there. You know he's going to be there. So you know if they're, yeah. when when they attack or when they break through that your first line of midfield, you know there's going to be another guy sat there waiting to win the ball back. And that gives me a little bit of comfort. But the issue with that sometimes is is I don't like the fact that he waits for it to come to him. I'd prefer some. I'd prefer my players to engage a bit higher. And if he does make a foul, he's making a foul a bit further out. Whereas if he makes a foul, it's going to be probably on the edge of your box, given a really good set uh, set piece position for 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 your opposition. One thing think, that he does. Sorry, go ahead. No, you carry on. You carry. On. I was just going to say, do you think? If I think about real life, because real life football for a moment, we, we're probably seeing less anchor type players, right? Who who just sit. And, you know, I'm thinking about the defensive midfielders now, like, you know, the Rodri, for example, uh, yeah. would come to mind. He's he's a very good defensive midfielder, but he's not really an anchor. He doesn't sit um, and he, he gets around, you know, he clocks up a lot of mileage. Combine that then with the fact that even the roles of center, def- center halves now, they're almost expected to probably cover that space and you know I think if I if I think about FM when you have the options like ball playing defender and wide um, centre back I I wonder would, would there be a fear of just will they get in each other's way this guy is sitting in, in front whereas in real life now those defenders are actually pushing out closing down um, you know owning that space as well as bringing the ball out when they have it and an anchorman a guy just sitting would, would possibly get in the way and not be effective so are we saying it might be better to have somebody that drops in between the defensive pair and defensive and drops into that defensive line? I don't know, like a halfback, mad. This this segueing is just. I, I have to swear again. This is fucking beautiful, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't know, the halfback looks to serve a role somewhere between that aggressive sweeper, a very old school role. I, I mean, I remember um, seeing sweepers in Sunday League, and it was quality. Like I actually remember being able to do sweeper on F, on like Championship Manager, right? Um, no, that was Minesweeper, different game. Oh, it's a different game. Um, uh, the halfback drops deeper than a standard defensive midfielder in possession and looks to offer an outlet to quickly recycle that possession and protect against that counter-attack. The only one of the three whose PI is not include takes fewer risks. Just Ooh. as a little highlight. I didn't know mm. that until tonight, until the research. Um, but they've got a lot more that, that we would expect rather than the anchor man. Um their decision making, their position, and their technique is is probably going to need it to be higher. The fact that they are, they they have a new role that they come into, we really need to focus on that. Um, but halfback, it's something that I've used a lot, uh, especially when I've wanted my wing backs to bomb on, and almost let that halfback sit in and just make a back three. Uh, it's very nice. Have you used it much, Matt? I actually did. Yeah, I, I was using it. I mean. Trying to remember what save it was is is a different question altogether. But I do distinctly remember using a halfback in a system where I was using wingbacks as kind of like a big big time attacking outlet in the absence of wingers ahead of them. Um, so like that, three three centre halves as you would. Um, and with those wingbacks pushing up, what I observe, and something makes me think that I had Danilo Pereira. You know Danilo Pereira, he's PSG now, I think, former Porto. He's Portuguese. Uh, yes, yes, yes. Dave would love him. 
Dave loves Dave loves anyone that's Portuguese. Come on. Um, I've, I'm pretty sure I was using him at, at a club as a halfback in the last couple of seasons. And what I found was where I had my wingbacks pushing on, um, something makes me think of Pedro Porro, but that could have been a different save. You know, that type of really attacking flying wingback. I just observed the halfback continuously covering the space. Um, so where you said the anchorman, he, he, he owns the zone, he, you know, he's sitting there, nobody's getting into him, in, you know, nobody's getting past him where he is. I found the halfback was a bit more mobile, um, going into space where that space needed to be filled. So if the right wing back was gone, that halfback was going over when we were getting the counter because he could see the space. Um, and I'm looking at it here, even I guess like the, the work rate and the teamwork being kind of two things required um, from an attributes perspective for a, for a halfback. He's going to do a lot. He's going to cover a lot more ground. I'd imagine if you're looking at whatever the miles ran or the meters ran, he's he's going to be more mobile. Um, but particularly in that system where the right wing back or the left wing back are bombing on, he's just shifting right and left to cover, and and happy to do that to to balance, I suppose, the the back line. See, this is what I think United need again to go IRL ish, mm. IRL ish, IRL ish on us. Um, I think if with, with the way that United play, we could do with someone like, you know, when we have Tellez on the left attacking, bombing down, and we have mm. Dallow on the right attacking, bombing down, trying to cross into a 50-year-old Cristiano Ronaldo, someone like Declan Rice to sit in that number six role for us, he's the sort of player that would sit back probably previous to this year, I'd yeah. say more so. Now he does push forward a lot more, but he has the very good attributes to do that sort of role. Um, and... The, I'm trying to think of the other one. The one that used to play for Lille. Um, oh, Tiago Maia was one that I used to love playing yes, as a halfback. Yeah. Mm. A very good player. Uh, naturally, not sure where his best role was. He used to play right back quite a lot, centre back and in DM. But he's one that would always sit back. And what I used to like about it was, was in a defensive transition, you've got that back free. Um, and it just, you didn't have to worry about it. Again, you knew that somebody was going to be there you knew that he was supporting that back line. Out of the three, Matt, if you were to build a tactic tomorrow, which one are you grabbing first? Which one are you putting if you had to put a defensive midfielder in? We spoke about them. The ball winner, the aggressor, the anchor man, the lazy one, really, who sits lazy and waits one. for the ball to come to him. <laughs> or the halfback that likes to do kind of, you know, a bit of everything. Which one, which one would you pick? Can we do some five-star pod bingo card? It, dep <laughs> it depends. <laughs> It depends. <laughs> no, but, of course um, it depends. But yeah, it, you know, I think. Look, um, I still have my. Even though I'm, I'm currently playing a ball-winning midfielder now in my four-four-two um, at Newcastle in the Northern Boys. Um, and again, it's, it's because I, I need to have that defensive role in that flat four midfield. Um, I don't think that formation will fly. I don't think that tactic will fly if we get promoted. Chances are we won't. But you know, fingers crossed. So in a world where we do get promoted and I'd probably have to look at, you know, looking at five at the back or, you know, at th three centre halves or looking at three in the middle. I'm, I really am drawn back to going to the halfback again. I haven't done it in FM 20, what are we, 22? Um, in FM 22 this year, I've not deployed a halfback at all. Really, like I think I did it in one or two games while I was desperately hoping for a change of fortune. Um, but the right player in that role, and, and you know, you've given a real life example there, but... You know, I mean, I think I think you'd be wasting someone like Declan Rice in there for what he's done this season because he can do so much more. I'm even thinking of somebody like Marquinhos at PSG, who's just 
great center half, great DM can do anything. But um, uh, you know, for me, so I'm thinking, like maybe Eric Dyer. Yeah, I think he's yeah, he, that's Dyer. probably his probably one of his natural roles in FM. Now yeah, you mentioned actually, yeah, he's he's probably plays. You know, I remember him being a centre back that wanted yeah. to be a midfielder and kind of in between. So he'd probably be a good little player to play there. Yeah, I think if, again, as you say, um, and this is what makes FM great, right? Finding the right player is makes it intriguing, but it's not as straightforward as, you know, natural role is halfback. Okay, done. You have to really think about what you want that player to do. You know, I mentioned yeah. if, if I've got um, really attacking wing backs, there's a hell of a lot of space going to be vacated by those guys bombing on. So, of course, you know, yeah. an anchorman might not be as much good to you there. Um, unless, of course, he's an absolute worldly and he's got stamina and fitness and, you know, to beat the band and all this kind of thing. But the nature of the role, he, he just won't do it if he's he's good at listening and sometimes they're not um, but then equally you know if you're I suppose if you're a little bit more aggressive in terms of how many forwards and attacking midfielders you've got um, so let's say I don't know if you've got one or two strikers in the, in the top and even if you've got inside forwards and a shadow striker you know um, you had a tactic at one point do I think you had five at least five of your players were in the, the top layers of I think the all 15 of them were to be honest yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's where your half, your anchorman may be more useful, right? Because you know he's always going to be there, regardless of where all the other lads are gone, you know? Um, or if you have players, I don't know, Paul Pogba-esque, who, or Alan St. Maximin-esque, don't like going back at all. You you know, you need to think about where your your weaknesses or your gaps are going to be. Um, but to answer your question, I would I, I, want, I want to try the halfback again. And I'm going to say it now, if we do get promoted... <laughs> We'll, I'm going to look at the halfback and see if we get a good player in there. Right, Jordan let me tell Henderson. you a little bit, a little hint I would say, if you are going to play a halfback, get a tall one. Because there's nothing, he's going to drop into that defensive line, I'd recommend a tall. Um, we talked about, you, you, you've done really nicely there because you, you answered a few of the things I was going to touch upon, which was more so like, let's nail down the pros and the cons of each role. You did that very well for halfback. You were talking about the fact that he's going to cover for if you have those uh, wingbacks that want to play up and high up the pitch. Um, probably one of the downsides is that we spoke about with the anchor man being in the way that halfback could sometimes get in the way with your, your mm. centre backs mm. could cause a little bit of issue when it comes to um, the, if you're playing an offside trap, for example, because they might not be as disciplined as that back four. Um, but you know, he halfback really, I would say has more pros than cons moving over to the anchor man. Um, I would say that the anchor man is is very good for a team that would likes to play when you're playing against the team that likes to keep the ball that tiki taka that if you're going to struggle and you want to play that you know the, the two banks of four we spoke about when we talk about defensive football and play mm. a compact line that anchor man sat in there in between those two lines is going to make it very difficult for them to break through so that'd be one of the kind of the pros i would say i for think me, another con for the anchor man for me as well as you know you're effectively I mean, what, you've got 10 outfield positions. You yeah. are very much, you know, I mean, obviously defenders are defenders, but you're taking a role from, you know, outside of your back four and your goalkeeper that won't really contribute to much in terms of build-up play, moving the ball forward, get even getting into the, um, even getting to the opponent's half. Um, one, well, of yeah. the, one of the tests I did for that piece we wrote in the by, I wrote in the byline, I also have an extended piece kind of on, on the Five Star Pod website as well. Um, was looking at heat maps. Um, and you can do this in FM. It's actually really useful. Um, I ran kind of experiments with each different role. And I mentioned uh, Javi Martinez. 
And I only really looked at one or two games or a couple of games as a sample. But um, in terms of where he was kind of winning the ball or touching the ball, it was primarily in his own half. Um, so I think that's, again, if you want to defend and if you need someone to do that, brilliant. You know, he's breaking down the ball. You can see it. But he's not going to offer much in the other end. So you are almost kind of ruling out a role, dedicating one to a more defensive play. Whereas at least the halfback, the mobility means he's available to take the ball when, when you might need him to. Well, yeah, the anchor man, absolutely, I agree. doesn't provide anything going forward. You talked about that halfback. Uh, that halfback dropping back allows those wingbacks to push forward. So mm. that's contributing to the attack. The ball winner, as we've not really touched upon him, um, where he's trying to go and get the ball, break down play, maybe win it a bit higher up the pitch, even though yeah. he is playing mm. starting in that defensive midfield role. He could win that ball a bit higher up, then turn that that into a counter-attack. That way he's contributing. Obviously, the cons you spoke about, it gets booked a lot, potentially sent off a lot. So you need to kind of work about that. The issue with that is the fact that they need to have, as you've mentioned on the on our byline piece, high levels of stamina and work rate to last that whole game. Absolutely. That then could affect their decision-making, which is probably why they're getting booked a lot for you. Mm -hmm. It actually makes they sense. Have, you should, yeah, see, me, have a you should level. see me play football at the weekend too. If I'm still on the field and we get to 82 minutes, I'm getting booked for a stupid tackle no more than anyone. Um, yeah, so, so I mean, they've yeah. all got their pros and cons. For me, that anchor just seems far too negative for me to want to proceed playing with, a, with an anchor man. The thing I like about that ball winner is that you can play him in, the, in, in a pair of two in, the, in central midfield or you can drop him back in DM. But he's very positive towards your attacking play, even though he's got a defensive mindset. And I like that. I like that a lot. Mm. We Let's just rewind the clock a bit. The highlight killer. Yes. You have two DMs in the DM strata. What are we, what are we talking? R remind us. Defensive midfield support. So nothing that we're talking Both. about today. Both which is why I've not mentioned it. <laughs> Both Excellent. of them. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's I can tell you why. Though. Yeah, tell us I why. I can tell you why. It, it is another role. It's a bit more generic, right? But tell us tell us. Very generic, that. yes. Yeah. But what you can do with a defensive midfielder on support is amazing. And a lot of people don't realise that when you're talking about that almost, I call it a blank role. I know that's probably the wrong way to say about it, but it is a blank role. You have the ability to dress that defensive midfielder up as you like. So if you want him right, to yeah. tackle harder, like a ball-winning midfielder, you can put that on there. If you want him to hold position like an anchor man, you can put that on there on his PIs. If you want him to get further forward, go wider, sit back. You have that ability. He could take more risks. He can play long balls. You have all of the ability to do what you want him to do. So my two defensive midfielders on support they hold position and they tackle harder. So they are a mixture of an anchor man and a ball winner. So he, he has the aggression and the tenacity to get the ball back like a ball winner. But I like them to hold position. And when the players come into their, their zone, then they go and get them. They don't try and wait for the anticipation of trying to get the ball back through an interception. So that's kind of why I play that. But it you, kind like of makes I said, sense though. Um, because... You don't kind have of, I thought about it. Yeah. I, I thought the, about it, man. It's not well, just I, a, so I, I just dropped listen, on a page. I, I normally don't listen when you speak to him. You know this. Um, you don't have a midfielder in front of those, right? They are no, your no midfield. Mid so, Correct, yeah. I have a I have a shadow striker all the way at the top. So yeah, exactly. It's a big so that's hole. probably what helps. Yeah, because you don't want a pigeonhole, right? If you if you define the role kind of too much, hey, you're an anchor or you're a ball and a midfielder, whatever it is, that's your midfield kind of like, you know, one of your only two midfielders. 
doing something very, very specific. You don't have anyone else. You you don't really have too much luxury there. So when they're your only two midfielders, I think that's, it's nice to think about how you can tweak it and tweak it during your game a bit more as well. Yeah, Um, definitely. Cool. Nice. I didn't want to pigeonhole them at all. So, we spoke about a lot there, to be fair, Matt, and I'm actually surprised mm. how much we said. It all made sense to me, mate, so it's good. Um, one thing I did want to say is, what's your perfect combination? So we're talking about, normally, if you're playing a DM, you're going to play two in front, right? It's very rare that I've played systems where I've played a DM, a centre mid, and attack mid, but that's just because of the starting positions. I wanted something a bit different. So in theory, it was a, it was a two midfielder in front, but what's your perfect combo? So for me, when I think about what what has worked, I mean, nothing ever works kind of persistently, right? Um, Don't say centre midfielder attack, because that's what it's gonna, you're going to say. <laughs> no. Um, but what I do like, I probably am. No, what I do like is, so it's one of two things, but um, where I would have a three-man midfield, uh, I'd be looking probably at either a halfback or or maybe maybe just a GM. Um, and that's because of what the two guys in front are doing now it really depends on who the players are I do like a good DLP um, I feel like he's the guy that's going to get the ball like the you know, you, what I mean by that is the goalkeeper is going to look for him the defender is going to look for him the ball is going to go through him so I, I quite like that idea and I, I have always liked the idea of a Mazala beside them I know we've talked a lot about the yep. CM on attack um, but what I found with the Mazala is is the, the tendency of the Mazala to just go where there's space, to be an outlet for the DLP to find them. I've, I've always liked that. And that's where you're playing that kind of shorter style of play, working it up the field and so on. Um, so that that would be kind of the one that comes to mind. Um, and then I suppose, thinking back then, if I actually, th- that kind of system is probably your your standard four, I don't know what you call it, right? A four, one, two, two, one, or a four, three, three, depending on how you look at it. If you're more like, if I'm more going in the five, so let's say the three center halves and wing and wing backs. Again, that's that's my yeah, it's halfback all the way, um, because of that cover he gives the insurance he gives to those wing backs, and then you can really go and have some fun, getting some you know you you want to get an attacking wing back, energetic gives you huge options. Thinking about you know Hakimi or or I don't know Cancelo or one of those guys that just gives you so much going forward. I guess we have to mention Trent for the. Spurs podcast. Before you go any further on that and expand on that, let me ask you a quick question then. Would you prefer a back three or a back two with a half back in front? It's like never have I ever. Um Yeah, I know. I drink drink if you prefer the first one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> what would you prefer? Because in a in a way, on the defensive transition, you are getting you're getting the same with both of them, right? Well, obviously, depending on roles. If you're, if you're playing yeah. a libero, it's a bit... I mean, libero is like the opposite to a halfback. But, um, I mean, for me, that halfback, it's a tough one, actually. But I, I think I prefer the halfback to having a back three. Yeah, I've... Yeah, I think I would. I think because the right player gives you so much energy and so much cover. Like, he's... Again, we talk about heat maps, right? And if I look at that that piece on the byline again, if I find the halfback spot, the heat map for the halfback is winning the ball kind of all over the place. Um, yeah. So if you have that player with that stamina, with that um, work rate, he's he's just going to be everywhere you need him to be, I, I guess. So it's, it's hard to kind of shy away from that. Um, 
I've never really been drawn towards a duo though. You know, you talked about the highlight killer and it's for a specific reason, but I've, yeah. I know there are certain roles like we've, for example, we've not talked about um the the Valante, right? The Secondo Valante. I believe yeah, that role. Regista, yeah. yeah, and maybe that's for another day. We could, we could, we could maybe get miles so. out of this. But like, I think that role is ideally paired with like an anchorman, for example. Yes. Um, and you can get a lot out of it, or even thinking about registas. I think you know when you're going experimenting, I think that will work. Um, I've never really kind of been a fan of it because, again, I feel like it's just. Sometimes I wish there was 12 players on the field. <laughs> that you could, make the games you could just, easier. Yeah, yeah, it would be nicer, right? Because again, I just feel like I'm wasting, uh, a, you know, roles by putting two defensive midfielders on. Uh, unless you're trying to lock down a game or whatever, of course. So that's why I've never really leaned towards having having a double or a duo in that in that strata. And I feel like the right halfback should hopefully mean you don't need to. Yeah, and I think for me, uh, just going back on my favourite tr- my favourite setup. Uh, I love, like you said, I love a ball winner. I do like my ball winner starting a bit higher. After mm-hmm. taking inspiration from you, I like a centre midfield on attack. Yes. And I love an AP. I love an AP support in the attack midfield role. So what I like to do is I just like to bring everything up a little bit. Um, mm. I've been a big lover of the halfback, um, trying to get three at the back systems working and trying to do funky stuff. I would probably go. Ball winner, halfback, and then anchor man. I'm not a big fan of the anchor. And I used it before, and you know, I'll probably use it again. But the more research I do on it, the more I go, do you know what? That's, that's that is a pretty terrible role when you think about it. it just, again, so it's it's the bingo card, right? It does depend. It um, does depend. But where it becomes really interesting then as well, I mean, what's always fun is looking for the right player for a role. Um, you know, if you if you're gonna say oh, I want I want a ball winning midfielder, I want to play an anchorman or halfback, going to find one is always good fun, and it's and it, it can take a while. But um, what really makes it if you're doing if you're over a longer term save, is is trying to kind of have let's say develop a new gen or a youth player into that role. So like you know if you know okay we're gonna to want to par- partner up, work rate and teamwork and and stamina and fitness uh, with you know anticipation and then tackling and positioning whatever. You can do a lot with a player who's 15, who, who has that little spark of potential, retraining positions and things like that. Um, I found it in even in this save, because new gens are going to be so important to it. We've um, started retraining a lot of players for, for different positions, knowing either A, there's not much out there for us to buy in that role, or that this player, look, he's down, for example. It kind of is going the other way now, but I did have a guy come through. His name is Freddie Briggs. We love Fred Briggs. He came through as a DM. Um doesn't really have the technicals to be a midfielder whatsoever. Isn't isn't a very big guy. So we rechained him uh, as an inverted wing back, um, because he can he can basically fill that role. And he's been a starter there now for a season and a half. Um, so flip that around. You know, you can do a hell of a lot with a with younger players to get them ready for that role two or three seasons time, and uh, and that's good fun. Yeah, brilliant. I think that's a really. Nice way to wrap that up, Matt. We love a DM around here, don't we? Slide we do love DMs. a DM. Talking about DMs uh, and talking about Twitter, let us know your favourite and let us know what you've had success with over at Five Star Potential on Twitter. Matt, I think it's that time and I'm saying it with gritted teeth. It's time for the quiz. Oh, dupe. Do you know how long I've waited to just be able to just, you know, attack you with a quiz just for you? Grill me. You and you alone. Um, and for this Valentine's, for this little Valentine's episode, just you and me, Dupe, 
we're gonna have we're gonna have a good time. No, so what I have here is um little a little quiz about defensive midfielders, dupe. Um some of it may require some of your memory. Um Matt's gonna hate this now because nineties football is a thing. Um and some of it will be a little bit more closer to real life. So what I have basically is I have ten players in front of me, um, who are all, I suppose, notorious for the DM role in various shapes and forms. I have um some of them, the first kind of half are winding back the clock, um, are former players, and the second half are kind of more modern dupe. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you their career progression in terms of their clubs. And oh, wow. you're basically, I'll, I'm going to go first club, second club, third club. Um, and what I'll do for you, dupe, is this is all about how many points you can win. Okay. If you get the club within, let's say, if you can get the player before I give you their main club, the club where they had the most appearances or the most fame, I'll give you two points. Okay. If it gets as far as the club where, you know, they're most linked, most closely connected with, I'll give you one. Um, okay. But I hope you don't get any, uh, but that's just me. Okay. Thanks, mate. <laughs> right. Thanks. So, you ready, dupe? No. Okay. No, no need to shout your name on this one. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, I thought that. <laughs> Number one. So, the first club was Nantes. Second club was Marseille. This is, we're going old school, yes? Relatively. Third okay. club, Celta Vigo. Fourth club, Real Madrid. Fifth club, Chelsea. Sixth Who? club, Dupe. No, he didn't play for Real, he didn't play for Real Madrid. I was going to say Deschamps. Did he have Deschamps? But he played for correct, Nantes. Not the correct answer. Nantes. It, it, well, okay, go on, carry on. And the final club was PSG. So you had Nantes, Marseille, Celta Vigo, Real Madrid, Chelsea, oh. and PSG. See, dupe, Fuck. dupe, Claude Macaulay. The like the listeners were correct, but yeah. <laughs> I was thinking we were that. going older first. Not too far, not too far. Okay, okay, we got there though. We got there. That's You're fine. a young man, dupe. I wouldn't do it to you. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you got one point for that. Well done. That's fine. At least we got it. That's all that matters. Now you're in the you're in the swing of things now. So the second one. So first club was Perugia. Second club was Rangers. Third club was Salernitana. I think that's how you pronounce it. Are you sure that? Yes. Dupe. 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 Um, Gattuso. <laughs> Gennaro Gattuso gets you two points because I did not give you his main club which was of course Milan. AC Milan yes yeah. two points Duke. well done an absolute belter of a defensive midfielder beautiful man beautiful next man. one Cove Ramblers Nottingham Forest dupe dupe that's the big the bad the Roy Keane <laughs> Roy Keane of course is the correct answer um, before moving on to Man United and of course Final club? Can you give me the final club? Celtic. You're at Celtic. Celtic, indeed. Gets you two points. That was an easier one for you, Dupe. Um, I'm glad I got that. Next chap here is River Plate, Corinthians, West Ham, Liverpool. Dupe. Dupe. Mascarano. Mascarano. Very, very good. Before moving on to Barcelona. Then he moved on I to China. I expected this to be a little bit older. I really did. I was expecting this to be like... We've, yeah, we've not gone too far back because, you know, Dave was supposed to be here and... Yeah, true. I mean, he's only, he's only a kid, you know. He, he couldn't handle it. Um, Number five. This one might be a little bit older now. Real Madrid. 
Independiente. River Place. Real Madrid. Again. Inter Milan. Leicester City. Oh, dupe. Dupe. Um, Oh, the bolt. Cambiasso. Cambiasso. Oh, I couldn't think what his name was. Well done. I well didn't know he went yeah. Real Madrid and then back. I, yeah, he actually proven. started off like he he was there um, on the books basically, and then he went back to. Did Argentina. he play? Did he play much? I don't think he might have played at Real Madrid B maybe or something like that. Maybe that's that's it threw me. That's what really did throw me. That's what, that's why we're here. That's why we're here. Yeah, that is number six. Okay, Marseille, Arsenal, Milan. Do, do. I was going to say Patrick Vieira, but I don't think it is. So, no, go on, carry on. It's incorrect. Yeah. So, you've got Marseille, Arsenal, Milan, Arsenal, again, Crystal Palace, oh. and Getafe. I'll give them to you again. Yeah, so, it's Mar- Marseille, Arsenal, Milan, Arsenal, Palace, twice. and then Getafe. Listeners, we've got him now. He was getting too big for his boots, wasn't he? <laughs> right, I'm gonna ask you to I'm gonna give, say his, one I'm more gonna give time. you his nationality. I'll give you I'll give you the list and I'll give you his nationality. So it's Marseille, okay. Arsenal, Milan, Arsenal, Palace, Getafe, and he's French. Yeah. Two spells at Arsenal. French. Not 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 that long ago. I'm trying to think who. <sighs> You've said some big names here, so I'm trying to think. Who He's would probably be big. not as big as the previous names. No offense, Is if you're be- listening, there, dude. <laughs> when I give you his name, oh, I'm gonna make a fool of myself. Right, one last time. Who's the the names so of the team? You've got Marseille, Arsenal, Milan, Arsenal. I don't Palace, think you played for now. And then Getafe. <sighs> I'm going to go, I think he played for Marseille. I know he played for Arsenal. That's all I can tell you. So I'm going to go with, this is such a bad guess, by the way. It's, it's, I'm going to go with Diaby. Abu because Diaby he played, is... Yeah, because he played for Marseille and he played for Arsenal. It's that's all I could do. Yeah. Good shout. It's a good shout. Um, it's not a good shout. Probably, probably you... a bit more attacking though, wasn't he? Um, when he did play, he didn't play enough. Yeah, no. So the correct answer is Matthew Flamini. Matthew oh, Flamini. Of course, yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay. The two spells at Arsenal. Yeah, that, I don't remember the two spells. Wait, God, that's good. That's good. That's good. I can't okay, get more. We've got four more, but we're going to go a bit more modern day on these ones. So that might, okay. that may or may not help you. <laughs> Let's yeah, see. Maybe. So now we're going to start with AC Arlesian, Arsenal, Tour FC on loan. Empoli and now Milan. <laughs> His face. So we've got some random clubs in here. We've got AC Arlesian. We've got a spell at Arsenal. We've got Tour on loan. Empoli and then Milan. Where he currently plays. He currently plays for As Milan now. Yes. Bloody Who's good one too. Who's been at Arsenal and at Milan? Now, I'm trying to think of it. You may AC not Milan have ever too. seen, like, he, 
it may, I'll, I'll help you out here. It was a spell at Arsenal as a young man. Oh. Oh. This player I mean, is just... Algerian. Do? Do. Oh, no, I don't remember him playing for Arsenal. Mm. Uh, Ismail Benica. Is the correct answer. It gets you a point. I yes. don't, I don't he was remember on the books. Um, he was actually it? basically was signed uh, to the Arsenal, you know, Youth Citizen Academy, um, but was let go. And now well, obviously I, he's at Milan and that's one that got away, I would I would say. Yeah, I don't remember him. Like I said, I do not remember him being there. Banging player in fairness. Okie dokie. Yeah. Well, we've got two or three more and then we'll let you go, Dupe. How, how, are, you, how are you doing? You're not sweating too much no, here. It's all on you, like, Makes my brain work. That's, that's yeah, good. we should have put the Viking Dan rule in. That would have really helped. <laughs> I think I'd be positive right now, so I'm yeah, okay. Very good. Um, so next one is Copenhagen, Brondby, Bayern, Southampton, uh, Tottenham. Copenhagen, uh, Brondby, Bayern, Southampton, Tottenham. Uh, I'm trying to think who it's Hoiberg isn't it Pierre-Emile Hoiberg, Hoiberg is the correct answer well, very underrated player very good on yes. FM very good DM on FM absolutely very advantageous to me in the Angers save because he has a French passport and it was a homegrown perfect um, you better believe we, we swiped for him um, he's a good player excellent I, I bought him in my Newcastle save on a defensive one Nice. Played the highlight killer. He played it in the DM. Love it. Second last one is. Go for that. Eintracht Frankfurt, Bayern, Bayer Leverkusen, Liverpool, Juventus, Dortmund. What? A, first and foremost, what an incredible list yeah, of clubs. Serious clubs. Frankfurt, Bayern. Leverkusen, Liverpool, Juventus, Dortmund. Wow. It's a pity it isn't a video pod this week because Stoops face. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to comprehend who that could. Can I get an... Oh! Oh! Say it out. Emre Chan. Emery Chan is the correct Emery answer. Chan. Well done. Emery oh, Chan needs serious just, um, clubs. He's, been, he's moved around yeah, a bit, obviously. Yeah. He, I mean, he's still only like 30, 30, maybe 31 or something, no? He's not. He's, I, I, I don't know. I think he's still got plenty, plenty left in him. Right, let's give you the last one. So this player started his career at Standard Liège. Then he moved on to Benfica. Zenit St. Petersburg. TJ Kwanjian. You know all about that from the uh, from your from your travels in FM. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. And Dortmund. Dortmund again. There was no Dortmund in the first <laughs> ones I just read. Dortmund from number. Uh, yeah, there was a Dortmund in the yeah, last one. Yeah, sorry, from, yeah. Uh, it's not a second so spot. So we'll go Try Standard again. Liège, Standard Liège, Benfica, Zenit. TJ oh, oh, okay, I know, I know. Dormant. He knows. Uh, fucking what the old um, Witzel, Axel Witzel. <laughs> Axel Witzel is the correct answer. I was just trying well to think done. of 
Belgian players that are playing at Dortmund right now. That was what, what I was trying to didn't see was he was putting his hand above his head to, to do the old Afro. <laughs> Afro. <laughs> no, that's my thinking mode. Okay, that's what that was. Fellaini. Um, Fellaini, yeah. Nice. Well done, dude. So, scores on the doors on his own <laughs> in first place. I will a love one. With 12 points uh, out of a possible 20 is, drumroll, FM Dupe. Yes. Amazing. Good well quiz, done. man. I'd be good with if there's more people. That's a, that's definitely definitely not a dig either. It's Brilliant, their man. Thank it's you. their last dupe. It's their last. It is, mate. It is. And thank you for joining me this week. But let's see how many attempts this takes. That does bring episode 236 to a close. You can find links to me and Mad in the podcast description and everyone else by visiting fivestarpotential.com where you can find all of our latest football manager content five star potential is available on itunes spotify and most other popular podcast apps and platforms with a new podcast released every single week thank you for listening will be more from us next week say goodbye mad goodbye folks <laughs> you didn't say say goodbye folks you have to say it to yourself as well goodbye folks yes <laughs> <laughs>